Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, Whitney. Welcome to the Resource Room Podcast. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to have you here because I think you have a lot to offer. And I just want to tell listeners a little bit about what we were going to record about and what we've kind of shifted gears to as you and I were talking. Um, Originally, I saw one of your TikToks about an IEP binder. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this IEP binder. And so we might get there. But we're going to start with some de-escalation strategies and and things because I feel like that might be more of a need for a lot of teachers right now. Definitely. I think it's a need um, across the general education setting as well as the special education setting just because um, we are all (laughs) experiencing (laughs) some difficult times. And I think with the shortage of people nationwide available or wanting to get into the field of education. Um, Our pickings are slim. So we've got to make sure we are providing the people that we do have with the best resources and the best strategies to be successful with our students. Definitely. So before we really, really dive in, will you tell listeners a little bit about you and what you do, what you've taught, that kind of thing, so that they know a little bit about you? Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm Whitney. I'm from Texas. I graduated from Texas A&M University. This is my 10th year of teaching or being in the field of education. I taught for eight years. I taught two years of high school life skills, and then I taught six years of secondary adaptive behavior. Um, So then I actually got a job offer via TikTok (laughs) to move. (laughs) To move school districts, um, and then I became the special education coordinator in my current district, and I am serving um, a different population of students, and I've I've been exposed to a different um, grades, like elementary, (laughs) so kudos to you, because I, (laughs) switching over to, you know, 21 to three now, like my spectrum is a lot bigger. So it's, I had to, you know, really reach out to my coworkers too. And I'm like, I don't know what a typical third grader looks like. So I don't know how to help you before. Like I look at some other people first, because I I don't, I don't know. I think too, that's very important to be able to say, I don't know. And the thought of you need to know what typical looks like so that you can start to see deficit, strengths, weaknesses, all of those things. So you're, even if listeners get nothing else, I think that is an important piece. So let's talk a little bit about de-escalation strategies. And I feel like maybe I'm just grumpy, but I feel like we hear these words all the time, 
but when am I going to use it? What situations might be, de where, where might I need a de-escalation strategy? Give me an example. Um, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also not grumpy. <laughs> well, because sometimes I feel like we throw out these words all the time or it'll be like in a meeting, we'll use de-escalation strategies. Okay, thanks. What are they? Yeah. So I think the number one thing for me, like prior to de-escalation is building that rapport. Um, you know, when you know who your kids are, where they come from, home life, and you build that rapport with parents too, you have a lot more advantages than just de-escalation strategies, like as a word thrown out there, than punitive discipline. Um, I feel like that is the number one strength for me is just building a strong rapport with my students. And again, and here's like the question, well, what happens with the kids that you can't build a rapport with? Okay. You have to try, you have to try yeah. again and again and again and again. I mean, I had one student when I taught high school and every morning I would, he'd come in and he would sit with his back turned to everyone the whole day. But I would always say, good morning, you know, mm -hmm. and I'd say his name, and I'm like, how are you? And he would never say a word to me. You know, and then one morning he comes in, I just, I didn't say anything. And then he turns around in that seat and he said, ain't you going to ask me how my morning is? Aww. And I was like, okay, so my bad. And I, I do need to engage, even though he's not wanting to engage with me. And I'll tell you what, I mean, this was a social behavior class. It was, uh, at least for us in Texas, it was a local credit. So it wasn't really counting towards students on their transcript, but they were still in the class because of severe behavior concerns or, you know, the need for, um, to reteach desired behaviors. But, um, he, that kid, I will tell you, he did nothing all year. He did nothing Monday through Thursday <laughs> but on Friday. He liked to play Uno <laughs> and I will tell you what, I mean, I've never seen a bunch of high school boys get so excited about <laughs> change of color to red. Like I've never, but, um, you know, and then kind of through that weird, we don't talk, we just play Uno. Like then you build the, the rapport and some with some kids, it, it is slow and some kids just love you. Um, and I think that's the advantage to, um, younger grades. They just mm -hmm. love you no matter what. I mean, they right. think you're pretty, they want to touch your stuff. I like your ring. Why are you wearing a bandaid? I mean, but like with, you know, some of our other kids, they're, they're harder to reach. And I think that just because they're hard to reach doesn't mean you stop reaching. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that was kind of like a shame on me moment when, you know, I didn't say good morning. Cause I'm like, this guy didn't care. But at the same time, I mean, at some point it was impactful for him to even say anything. So, um, yeah, I think rapport is number one for me. So one thing that I have a thought or a question about is when we say de-escalation, to me, that could, you know, those scenarios look different for everybody. I think of a student who it's a girl, which girls handle their emotions so much differently than our boys. She's never going to be punching, kicking, throwing chairs. Yes. That's not her version of escalated. Yeah. Her version of escalated is no one talk to me. I want to sit in the corner. Everybody leave me alone. 
is that still in your mind a, where we a, a situation where we would need a de-escalation strategy? I think yes. I think yes because obviously elevated looks different to everyone. I mean, you're angry and my angry look and sound different and right. we're going to respond differently to different you know, things that are stimulating to us. And like, it's just what it is. So if I know that you are upset based on physical characteristics, um, mannerisms or body language, what you say or how you're acting to me, if I know that you're not good or you're not in like this typical kind of baseline range of how you typically act, then I would feel that I don't, I feel okay. So I feel like de-escalation sounds like someone is like at a ten, and they are just about to do something super extreme, and like right. you have to call in the national guard. Like I really <laughs> don't think that it, it's it's not that big of a deal. Um, I mean, it is a big deal to that student in that moment, but it's right. not something so extreme that we have to just, you know. Like, like something we can't that. handle, you right. know, so it's, obviously we don't want them in that state, but you're yeah. right. It's not a national emergency or anything. One thing that I've been seeing lately with the student I just described is that she's hungry and yeah. she never says I'm hungry. She just stops everything. And so lately for me, I'll be like, want to come to my room and have a snack? She's, you know, never says a word, just nods her head and, and that's it. And then later I'll be like, is there anything else you want to talk about? There's never anything else. Like, so is that the root of it? And she just isn't verbalizing. I'm hungry. You know, the, yeah. those are all the things, like you said, a pencil, it could be the littlest thing, Yeah, but I to mean, them I, it feels major. You, you're completely describing, obviously not the same student, but I mean, mm -hmm. I had a similar one too, you know, and she would come to school completely disheveled, um, you know, and I, at first I, again, the, this is like a slap on the wrist, shame on me kind of thing. I'm like, what is wrong with this girl? Right. Like, why will you not just talk to me? Why will you not make eye contact with me? Like you're just, she was a complete hot mess all the time. And then, you know, I, you know, learned some more information about her and the family mm -hmm. and kind of history. And, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, like shame on me, poor baby why would I even just go to that place? Right. Um, and but I think some of that comes back to rapport and the relationship, you know, like, like with my student a long time ago, it'd be like, either you do this or this <laughs> and, you know, yeah. And it's like, either get up and go to class or do it, you know, obviously yeah. in a much nicer tone, but it's like, you know, I I'm fed up because yeah. we're doing this day in and day out and it takes time. It takes a relationship to start to, to see that, but you got to know the whole story. Yeah. And what we started doing was, um, it was a TikTok thing again, too. Um, I would do her hair every morning and the only thing that she had to do was be able to self-advocate to come to me if she needed me because it was a oh. an option to her in her accommodations. And I said, even if you just get up and leave class, your teachers understand, they know it is okay, but you have to, you have to be able to do it for yourself. Either you mm -hmm. say it, you show a break card or you just exit quietly and mm -hmm. you come straight to me. And finally she started doing it. And like, so I'd fix her hair every morning and then we did a, uh, an AM check-in 
and then we did a PM checkout. So the, the afternoon checkout, she got to find a hairstyle that she wanted for the next day because we found out that if we did her hair in the morning, she had a great day. Yeah. But if she came in with her hair all crazy and in front of her face and not washed, not brushed, you know, kind of thing, then it was not going to be a good day. And that good, that bad, I'm using bad as air quotes, but that bad day was going to last from the beginning of school, uh-huh. sometimes past the end of the day, like, and it, it just never would get better. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that's de-escalation or if that's rapport. I, I don't yeah. know, but it was, but maybe, maybe that's <laughs> what we need though. It, it all blurs together. When you start to build a relationship, when you start to have rapport with that student, then you can just love them and know them and, and do what you know they need. Well, and sometimes, I mean, that's why I always go back to rapport. And I mean, that that's going to save you almost every time, you know, like when they see someone familiar and you have those clear and consistent, explicit expectations for them, like, and you stick to them and you're not using empty threats and you still love them, but you can be firm with them. They really do appreciate it and they respect it. Let's then review a little bit of what we've said. Cause I think as you were saying, it all kind of goes together and it all goes back to rapport. So we, we know that building rapport with the student is critical. It's essential. So what about then? I feel like we've talked a little bit about taking care of basic needs. I loved that you had said earlier, set a timer and let them know. I see you. I hear you, but I know you don't want to talk right now or, or whatever. I'll be, I'll be back in five minutes or three minutes or whatever you feel is appropriate. I loved what you said about, about that. And you'll revisit it. And if you have to set the timer again, fine. Set the timer again. Because I feel like my lack of experience in that area is like when the timer goes off, like now we have to move. Now we have to transition. But you know what? I can't pretend like when I have a bad day, I could set a timer for 10 minutes and I'm magically going to be ready to deal with my husband and my kids and cook dinner. And I can't pretend like that. Sometimes sometimes, we need more. Well, and you know, sometimes you can. I mean, there, so... Mm -hmm. It, I think there's two things that go with this. I think we are dealing with little people. I don't care if you're yeah. three, pre-K three to 21. We are dealing mm-hmm. with little people, essentially dealing with adult issues. Um, yes. Just, I think, throughout the country. Um, and they don't know how, they don't have the executive functioning skills to say, probably shouldn't say this, or I probably shouldn't do that. Or they have learned behaviors at home. So we've talked a little bit about de-escalation is different for different kids and things like that. Would you consider like, I have a kid on the playground refusing to come in from recess or a kid refusing to leave the classroom to go to special. Would you consider that to be de-escalation? And what would you recommend to do for that? Again, like I don't have like a textbook term for de-escalation. Right. I would probably consider that more non-compliance, but you still need to diffuse the situation. And I think it kind of comes back to what do you want them to do? And 
um, essentially, what are their demands? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so, you know, if like it's a pr- playground situation, again, I think it goes back to the rapport. Hey, Amanda, I have told you mm-hmm. we are going in. Our friends are waiting for us. Our choices are to go in or, you know, whatever the next natural consequence is or, you know, Mm -hmm. something that works, you know, you can come in with me or I can have someone else bring you in. You can come in with me or I'm going to have to call mom. We're going to have to do this or that. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, that would be my first strategy, you know, and if it doesn't work, um, I guess that's when you, you know, radio for reinforcements, someone else brings your class in. And I would, I like to say that, you know, if I start something with a student, I, I do like to be the one to finish it, not in a power Mm. struggle type of situation, but like, just so they know that it's, you cannot escape this me. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes we also have to recognize that they're not responding to us, which Mm -hmm. as adults is irritating and like, oh, why can't they just listen? Like, it is my mission to make them listen to me. Yeah. But sometimes (laughs) they respond way better to all other adults or different Mm -hmm. staff. And it's what I think adults need to remember is like, I always say like usher, like let it burn, you know, (laughs) like they're, they're kids. They adults say things they don't mean. They do things that they don't mean kids. They're no different. Like we are all humans and people at the end of the day. So again, whatever is going to get them through it, Mm -hmm. but still be firm in the consequences of whatever that is. And I would like to state, because obviously when you say consequence, typically people go to negative. Like the consequence is really the, you know. The result, what's going to happen. Yeah, the result of, you know, if I study for my test, the consequence is I will probably pass. If I don't study, the consequence would be I might fail. I mean, so consequence is always not negative, but it, at least the st- student would know with those clear and consistent expectations. Mm-hmm. If I do this, this is the result. If I don't, this is the result. And I think just stating, if they don't know, stating them in a clear and explicit manner and then having them repeat those things to you. So mm-hmm. you know that they know, because I, I also like to define the behavior, you know, like when you are de-escalating and I'm like, okay, Amanda, how are we going to act today? And you say, I'm going to be good. Right. Okay, what does good look like? Because your definition of good and my definition of good are two different goods. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me I'm going to be good, then I'm going to say, okay, what does good look like for you? Or what does good look like in math? Like just very... Boom. Okay. So when I see you being good, I'm going to see you doing what, you know, your hands are to yourself. You're following directions, those kind of things. I almost think, you know, number one is rapport, but I almost think number two is the clear and consistent expectations. Because I do think we have so many teachers who threaten or who say things that they can't even carry through. I'm going to call the principal. Well, what happens when the principal's gone? And you just said you're calling the principal. He's not there. So or I really what happens when the principal gives a consequence that you, as the teacher, doesn't don't like. Yes, and yes. They come so back with a bag of chips. Memes. You know, is that like all the memes say? It it happens, and so we do have to be able to know what are our consequences, positive or negative, and and stick to them all the time. I also love earlier how you said you don't want to 
give them to somebody else. You know, you don't need the team sweeping in to save them, which oftentimes I do feel can be the case. The kid's not coming in from the playground. You're going to go in with your class and you don't care if they're out there for five minutes or five hours because you're in with your class. And yeah. And so I do think that that's important because you were the bad guy. We want to get you to be in the good guy, you know? Yeah. Also adults, you're probably gonna have to like change the title of this <laughs> like <laughs> from de-escalation. I was just like rapport with Whitney. Uh, I don't know, but we so badly want to like be in control mm-hmm. of the situation and to, you know, obviously everyone gets into education for a reason. And we're trying to model what we feel personally is like this exemplary mm-hmm. professional person. And, um, sometimes that's just not the case. So like when we make mistakes too, I think kids need to be like privy to that. Hey, I might not have handled the situation the best mm-hmm. or, you know, Miss Whitney made a mistake. This mm-hmm. is how I want to fix it. You know, dep- you know, targeting your audience, but just making sure that they know, like you screw up too. Like yeah. they screwed up. And I think also, um, you know, clean slate, whether it's, yep after recess in the playground. I'm not going to be picking on you for the next three hours. But we'll remember what happened at recess. Just again, <laughs> let it let burn. It let it go. Like Elsa, let it go. <laughs> Elsa, I'm not sure. Like we're, that's what we're doing. But like, let it go. Like, please let it go. Just because it's not. And again, I go back to like, you don't know what they're dealing with at home. You know, if you're a kid in a classroom and like, you just get that kind of one comment, you're just, it messes with their effective filter, uh, honestly, like not to sound all like psychology or sciencey, but like, you know, if you fail every math test and you're just, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, Amanda, I wish you would have studied a little harder this time, but you studied for three weeks and then you just get that comment. Why try? Yeah. And then it, tur- it then it leads to other behaviors mm-hmm. and I got to bring it back to the rapport and just building that strong foundation. Okay, Whitney, I think you are full of lots of ideas and I want my listeners to be able to find you online. So can you tell listeners where they can find you and then what will they find when they get there? Um, So, okay. So on TikTok, you can find me at wit, W-H-I-T dot, 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 (laughs) N-E-Y. And I mean, there's just kind of a little bit of everything there. I mean, my whole TikTok started out with just trying to be funny and share resources and kind of feel understood and but also like find the humor in it because if you're not laughing about some of the things that we deal with in special education, you're crying. And I can link that too, like that way they don't have to search or if they do search because they're listening on their phone, fine, but I can link it too, which makes it a little easier. Yeah. I mean, it's my social media is like me. It's all over the place in a hot mess, but (laughs) we'll just let the ADHD side take over because at this point it it has worn off. (laughs) Well, but what I loved about yours is And I said at the beginning of this recording, I saw a video about your IEP binder and I was like, oh, 
I'm going to, you know, see if she wants to be on the podcast. I go back later to look at questions and I can't find the video. So I watched a lot of your videos <laughs> so I can find it. But it, it is, you're right. It's well-rounded. You know, one video, you might be in the classroom. The next, you might be at home. Then you're back in the classroom. But, you know, I think that's good for people. And it was funny. And it, you, I agree completely. It You have to be lighthearted about things or you'll lose your marbles and you won't be able to stand being really an education in general, but yeah. special education can be hard if you don't have kind of that right fit of, you can't take yourself or your kids too seriously. Well, Whitney, it has been such a pleasure talking with you. And really, I need to let you go because I'll trim down some of this and cut out, you know, our ums and this and that. But we've been recording for like an hour and three minutes. Yeah. And it is late at night right now. And so you're probably like, Amanda, stop asking me questions. So no, you're <laughs> fine. I really enjoyed it. I got to make this guy dinner because I'm supposed yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much and i can't wait to see more of you on tiktok yes ma'am thank you and i appreciate you reaching out and it's been a really great experience yes it has well i'll talk with you later okay yes, ma'am thank you all right bye all right. bye well my friend that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to the resource room podcast I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.